0: back to another episode of i saw the Beatles. this is jennifer vanderslice and please welcome our very special guest little ruthie mccartney hi ruth how you doing i'm great thank you how are you doing i'm doing fantastic (laughs) okay i call you little ruthie mccartney because how old were you when you met um You met your mother's new beau, Jim McCartney?
1: Um, It was, I was turned, I was born in 1960, so I turned four in February of 1960, and that was August, so I was exactly four and a half.
0: And do you remember meeting him for the first time?
1: Oh, yes. I, I actually remember my first birthday party. I remember what I was wearing, where the cat was sitting under the television. I remember even before I was one, it being in my pram, this creepy guy used to get off the bus stop at the end of the street and stick his fingers in my pram. I must have been about nine or ten months old.
0: Oh, wow. Are you one of those people that remembers every day of your life?
1: No. No, I'm not Mary Lou Hanna, but I have a very long, long memory. I'm basically trying to tell you that I'm no longer the size and shape I was when I was four. I'm just basically an elephant.
0: (laughs) No, you're not. You're a pandemic.
1: You know, somebody said to me the other day, "You make sure you put your jeans on once a week because pajama pants will lie to you.
0: That's true. I'm I'm going through that right now, too, with the pandemic. You know, I, yeah. I just put on my shorts this week and had to tell my husband, you know, no, we don't need to buy more candy right now, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's crazy, so, isn't it? So, right. So you got to, oh, you, you met Jim. And yes. what was, I mean, well, nice,
1: nice oh, guy. Sorry. I
0: mean. Yeah,
1: he was well, you know, the the fact was that he was obviously, you know, 64 years old or six, no, 62 he was, and mm-hmm. um you know, as an older man trying to take on a, a very young child, I think it was just a very brave thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, but the, you know, the the energy that a child has like like I did, then uh, right. to a 2-year-old man it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, you you in the pictures that we see of you which you know people can see on this on the blog talk radio page on this episodes page um you look like you know quite you know you look like your average little kid and 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 uh oh, yeah. you look like a, you look like quite a tomboy though were you a really outgoing
1: Yeah, I mean like, I was a girly I was a girly girl in as much as um you know I I never had long hair let's just mm-hmm. put it that way but I, I went to ballet lessons and I could care less about you know climbing trees or whatever I you know I had horse riding lessons and I went to ballet and I had little pink tights and the tutu and everything but I just never my mom had until she married Jim she had hair down past her waist and I just all, I saw the drama that used to go on with hairdressing with my aunts and 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 everything and I just always I used to cut my own hair then I still do now
0: well that's that that works out well during a pandemic doesn't it
1: yeah i think i mean i'm 60 years old i think i've probably been to a hairdresser maybe five times in my life just to get it Mm. you know so i don't know whether i was a tomboy or just um but Paul
0: paul had a nickname for you right scabby there you go and maybe that's why i i i think of you as you know That maybe you were a tomboy?
1: I was was just a lousy bike rider until John Lennon actually took the time to teach me how to ride a bicycle. I was always falling off and scabbing my knees. Um, So, yeah, we used to get postcards from all over the world, dear dad and and scabby, and that was me. And people used to say, oh, you know, the postman, I think the postman thought we had an old cat. And it's like, no, we haven't got a scabby cat. It's it's the five-year-old, you know, she's just always falling off her bike.
0: So so your mom, you know, your mom marries Jim and there's mm-hmm. there's fans outside. Now, up mm-hmm. until this moment, you know, you you've led what a pretty average life, you know. With, even, yeah, I mean, even though you have even though you have, you know, a, a single mom, um which might not have been that rare at the time in you know, uh in the 60s, was- you know.
1: She wasn't a single mom, she was a widow, so there's a difference right yeah, right but so, i'm thinking
0: I'm also thinking of here comes the Vietnam War, so there's more you know and the and um and there was the Korean War, so you know widows you know so you know what I so you know, but you're still leading the average uh, I almost said American yeah. sorry <laughs> you, know, I mean, we,
1: you know I mean we didn't really have a lot on the news about the Korean war or the Vietnam war i mean it was it was sort of a byline on the bbc they were more obsessed with what was going on you know in the commonwealth and pop culture and twiggy and the beatles and carnaby street and we i mean we we knew it was going on but it wasn't headline news for us because it was just so right. far away and we didn't have a dog in the hunt you know it was all the brave american boys and girls over there fighting mostly mm-hmm. boys in those days but you know there were medics and Whatever. So I was not really that aware of uh, any right. American politics until Linda McCartney came on the scene and was espousing her uh, dislike for Nixon. So it was not really a big <laughs> to the subject of, of uh, the news growing up. It was more, we were more obsessed, frankly, with the Beatles. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So here you are. You go from your, you know, your average, average, you know. British life of, of, you know, you're going to, I guess you were going to school at the time and everything. And all of a sudden your mother marries this, this Jim McCartney and you, you know, who Paul, you knew who Paul was at the time, you know, and, 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 Jim then, and then Jim, uh, Jim officially adopts you. Right. And, and you become a McCartney now. I mean, was this, was this something that you took on easily? This this new role as uh, a McCartney, you know, and being sort of out, you know, in the public eye or having fans always around, and you know, people, you know, were there people that just wanted to touch you and stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really, you know, kids are very adaptable. I mean, they roll with the punches and they're they're amazingly resilient, and so. I had been going because my mum, Angie, was widowed in 1962 when I was two, and so I went to kindergarten at two. um, And then by the time I was four and a half, they got married in November, so I started first grade um, in that November of 1964 in my new school in in the Wirral, where we were living now in the new house with the new as the new family. So I started first grade at four. See, in England we start first grade at the September closest to your fifth birthday because you have to graduate by sixteen to be in the workforce to pay into the medical system because we don't have private insurance. Everybody has the national health system. So right. you have to back you have to back up taxpayers have to start being taxpayers at sixteen if you're gonna be able to afford to pay for the whole country. So we start first grade at you know, five four or five years old. We can all read by the time we're five. So um, You know, you just get pushed into life a lot quicker, and you mm-hmm. you know you get the edges knocked off you, and you roll with the punches. And I think just being in that society, and especially Liverpool, you know, that's that's a tough tough town. It's the it's the Pittsburgh of England if you've never been, and mm-hmm. uh, Bronx, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yep, I I took to it like a duck to water. I mean, I it was it was a bit scary at school because. Kids would fill my Wellington boots with cold water if they hadn't got an invitation to my birthday party. And there I am, five, five and six years old, being invited to 13 and 14-year-olds' birthday parties, just purely so I would reciprocate and give them an invite back in case Paul was home. You know, so I knew what time it was. I mean, and thanks to Paul, I thought he was being quite cruel, actually, at the time, when he said, you know, I need, we need to have the talk, so... I can't remember how old I was. I was probably about six or seven. And he said, you know, kids don't like you for you. They only want to be your friend because of me. And I thought, oh, what a stuck up bastard, you know. But Mm -hmm. actually, he he was 100% right. Because what he gave me at that point was a gift that I have carried throughout my life, which is, I wouldn't say it's cynicism or skepticism, but... I don't let people in very quickly until I really know that they are my friend and not just wanting free tickets to Dodger Stadium. Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um you didn't I mean they didn't your 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 mom and new dad they didn't uh put you in a private school because of the the situation, you continued to go to a public school?
1: Well, there are there were no private schools in Liverpool when I was growing up.
0: Was there Catholic schools, though? I mean, it was never considered to some type of, you know. No, no,
1: no not where I was. No, not in the Haswell area. So you'd have had to drive probably, you know, 30, 40 miles to Chester to find like a vocational school or a a private school. But no, it was just never. I mean, Paul and Linda's kids all went to public school. See, it's the other way around in England. What you call public school in England means Eton and Harrow and Stowe where Prince Harry and Prince William went. It's quite, it's mm-hmm. completely the reverse. What we call public school, you would call private school. So no, okay. I just went to the local county primary school. Uh, it was called mm-hmm. the Puttydale. And then secondary, I passed all my um, entrance exams when I was 11. And so I got O-levels. And that meant I didn't go to a GCSE secondary modern school. I went to a grammar school. And so um, then off I went from uh, Gaten County Primary to West Kirby Grammar School for Girls. And mm-hmm. it was Coldie Grammar School for Boys. And that's where Julian Lennon went. And I went to West Kirby. And so we'd be on, you know, on the school bus, sort of, you know, he'd get off at the Coldy stop and I'd get off at the, the West Kirby stop. And then much later on, he and Cynthia moved to a house right opposite his school. So I didn't see him so much, but he used to go there for tea on the way home from uh, school, you know, I'd pop in and
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: say, Oh, no, don't get the bus home. I'll meet you at Cynthia and Julian's and we'll have a natter and a cup of tea in the back garden. So it was all just very normal. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't really realize we, you know, don't forget we were 234 miles North, Northwest of London and all of the shenanigans and the red carpets and the premieres, we got to go to those things. But mm-hmm. Life was pretty normal and, you know, it would get turned upside down when Paul would come home for the weekend early in the early days. Sometimes he would bring John and they'd have songwriting weekends and take over the dining room, which much to my chagrin, so I had to go do my homework somewhere else. I used to think that was a pain in the neck. Oh God, Uncle John and Paul, were, you know, spread out all over the dining room, making a mess. I've got to do my homework upstairs, you know?
0: <laughs> um so, yeah So uh, so it's, it's very easy to lose a train of thought When listening to your stories There's just so many <laughs> questions um, When you So was the first time you actually saw the Beatles perform Would that have been the same time your mom did Did you go to that concert Probably
1: I don't actually remember the date I could probably go look it up from Angie's diaries We've got every one of her daily diaries um, On in store um but I would, I think it was probably. Did they do a Christmas show at the Hammersmith Odeon in '65 or '66? That, that's that's the one she was
0: talking about. Yes.
1: Yeah, I would think that was probably it. And we we started out in the audience, as I remember, and it was so bloody loud and raucous that they came and got us, and we watched the rest of the show from the side of the stage. Well, if you know anything about audio. The sound is just crap when you're on stage. The band can usually never hear themselves. And certainly 50, 60 years ago, they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. It was just the stage monitors and screaming. And I remember thinking, how in God's name does Ringo know what Paul's singing back there? Or how does, if John's on one side of the stage and Paul's on t'other with George, how on earth do they all know where they're up to in the song? Because you can't hear yourself think for the screaming. <laughs>
0: when you when you hear the fans talk they they all say they wish they could have heard the music and I hear the Beatles say the same thing they wish they could have heard themselves so they knew if they were in sync because they never really knew
1: well yeah
0: it's called enjoy the show and shut your trap (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. but you know I guess I don't know where the screaming thing started people don't do it anymore thank heavens but It's like, I suppose the Bobby Soxers and Frank Sinatra, Rudolph Valentino in the 20s was probably the first one that had swooning and hysteria. And then, you know, Sinatra and then, of course, Elvis. But Mm -hmm. really, until the Beatles came along, I don't think there was this mass, you know, hormonal stomping and shouting and screaming. I think it was just quite rude.
0: That's all for this week's episode of I Saw the Beatles. Come back next week for the rest of our conversation with Ruth McCartney.